Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another podcast. This week, we're catching up with a young artist called Kane Brown, who has already released multiple albums and found himself as a headliner in arenas and festivals and just big numbers. Kane Brown, though, when he first came out, was sort of a, a first-generation changing of the guard in country music. Not just because of the community that he comes from and who he is as an artist and a human being, what he was saying, but also the production, the ideas, the sounds, the kind of inspirations he was bringing into his music was fresh. It felt new, it felt exciting, and he was quickly embraced by other artists in the country music space that wanted change. As far as the old guard is concerned, well... Who knows who cares? As far as Kane Brown is concerned, eyes on the horizon at all times. And that ambition was super evident the first time we spoke to him on his first ever song. I was called into Jimmy Iovine's office. We worked together here at Apple. And Jimmy said, man, you got to listen to this guy. He's incredible. His first ever song. You're going to love it. You should play this first. We listened to it and knew, as always, Jimmy's instincts were bang on. We spoke to Kane Brown, who was very shy and didn't really have a lot to say at the time. That has changed. And Kane and I have had multiple conversations over the years. We find ourselves in a pretty comfortable space now talking about his best record to date hands down so kane brown everybody compelling story and great music as always right here on the interview series Dude, it's been a long time, and I feel like you know, from day one when we first met, I I just knew you were gonna you were gonna go on this crazy ride, Kane. Um, but this album is. <laughs> <laughs> I was up a little too high. My knees are. And these are on the desk. My bad, bro. It's gonna look funny on camera, though. Man, I spent an hour last night preparing that intro, and you just ruined it. No, that's how we got to start the interview. Bro. <laughs> Were you annoying at it. school? Were you that guy in the class that just couldn't let anybody do anything serious? No, I was asleep. I was asleep the whole time. You slept through good. school. Oh yeah. Thank God for your talent. God had you picked from day one, huh? Yeah, I mean, like I was, I made a four in science. Like, I feel like God took a look at you when you were born and went, there's nothing man or woman can ever teach this guy in institutions that's ever going to surpass his gifts. So he could just go on and just do his, just do whatever he wants with his talent. I don't know. I, yeah, I have no no answer for that. <laughs> yeah, but you must speak. I know that you you are deeply into faith and the idea of of being guided and. Oh yeah. And things, and so, you know, it's a personal thing. But but there must be times when you know you listen and you're spoken to. Yeah, I mean, I feel like my whole journey has been like laid out for me. Wow. Yeah, like even the like I love country music, like just holding on to that song and then knowing the right time to release it. When did you make it then? I made it in 2019. Okay, cool. And then released it just uh, now. Yeah. Just, yeah, just now. Yeah, man. Well, it's a lot of songs on this album, and and I've I said to you before we started that um. You know, I guess for better or for worse, I've been pulled into this environment where brevity and an essential quality is important. And so I look at I look at long albums now. And I'm like, all right, you set it up. Let's see where we go. And at, I got to the end. I got to the end of the album. You know, uh, dear Georgia, you, you you tied it up beautifully. I'll talk a little bit about the timeline because it's interesting to me. But my point is, is the album I think for Kane Brown fans, including myself, is kind of the it's easily the best record you've done. Yeah, I definitely believe that too. I think I'm going in the right direction. It's like I said, this I got thrown into it, so I'm just trying to grow, 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 grow. Yeah, and yeah, I think I'm on the right track with this album. You know, you start at the end. You start at the end of your life. It's like if you look at your life as as being this journey that's laid out for you, then you're sort of projecting way forward into the future. 
and sending a message that whenever this whole ride ends, this is where you want it to end in yeah. Georgia. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Bury me in Georgia for people who don't know why I'm sounding morbid. It's actually a beautiful <laughs> song, but the sentiment is ultimately for a young and for a young artist to to come to that conclusion. It's it kind of stopped me in my tracks a bit, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Well, I get. I mean, I've got the privilege of just traveling all the way around or all around now, and uh, you know, nothing beats home, and you know, my friends and just just familiar territory. So that's just I would love to be buried back in my hometown. And I get it. And it's a beautiful love letter as is the last song, Dear Georgia, to where you're from. But uh, it's just the idea of acknowledging mortality when you're at the prime of your life. You know, it was kind of fascinating to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where were you when you wrote that? Um, I'm just interested to know where the whole journey for the album begins. Uh, I believe I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Why? Uh, we were doing the NBA arena tour. Okay. And we were about to play the Hornets arena. Wow. How was that tour? It was awesome, man. It was, uh, we were the first tour back, um, after COVID happened. So mm -hmm. we were really nervous, but you know, everybody was kind of looking at us to see how we did. And I think we made a lot of people move up their tour. Yeah. Look, uh, you know, I would say there's a few really key tours early on that did it safely. Mm -hmm. And safety was the key word here. Yeah. Cause anybody, and some people did go out and play shows prematurely and they didn't end well, but I think you and Harry and Dewar and a few other people went mm -hmm. out there and did it right. Just made sure that it was done safely. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, had, our team did well. And it was definitely fun because I told you after 10 days of quarantine, I was... <laughs> this is the great revelation of this conversation <laughs> when I asked Kane off the record, uh, how was your quarantine? Did you did you get through it okay? And he was like, I said, did you enjoy elements of it? Because a lot of people openly say now with a little bit of perspective, you know, being around family was better, slowing down was better. <laughs> you said to me that you found the first 10 days fine. Yeah. And then I guess the other... 760 odd days just horrendous it was bad bro like if you saw how much different my house is now from uh when quarantine happened like i made it where if it does happen again i don't have to leave my house that's how bored i was okay so let's get into that i'm dying to know how you like like changed your living situation in order to reflect yeah. this what did you do to your house um so it goes in a lot. So we just had two kids. So yeah. our house wasn't set up for children. So we added on to our house. Yeah. And then I decided to make a building and I put a basketball court in it uh, with a gym, golf simulator, uh, Red Bull sent me some F1 simulators <laughs> to race people, pool table, band rehearsal space, and a garage. So I'm like, if this ever happens again, I'll never leave. You built a cure for depression. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. If you ever decide to go through, like if, like on album number 10, if you ever go through that crazy eccentric middle-aged artist phase, we'll know where to find you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll just be lost in your games room. You follow me. How's your golf game? Uh, it's, it's complicated. I've just started to play. How many times have you played? I've played 17. I count every time I play. I've never played a full round. In fact, I'm taking lessons right now. So I'm right at the start. Nice. So you're probably better than me because I've never taken lessons. Dude, I mean, I did, I'm did. i doing my best out here. I mean, I'll show you my swing on my on day one. You tell me whether or not you think it's actually there's actually anything to, to, to shout about. But I think my swing for, for a day one are... Yeah. You you ain't rotating all the way. I'm not, and I'm leaning too far back yeah. on my back foot. But I have I do that too all the time. I'll Why do we do back. that? Is is that a psychological thing? Do you think maybe that we're just both a little bit nervous? Did you play baseball at all? No, I played basketball. 
I don't know. I do it on my drive. Mm. I'm I'm better at chipping. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do it on my drive all the time. What do you get out of the game? Just, I don't know. I didn't think that I would like it until I got out there. Honestly, it's really cool just visiting different courses mm-hmm. because there's some courses that it's just like... Amazing. Yeah. And then the other day I went to a course that I was like, where am I? <laughs> it, was a, it was a farm that they just put holes everywhere. <laughs> and uh, the clubhouse looked like a bar. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. The first dude I saw when we got there had his shirt off and flip-flops. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> It's like a golf course. <laughs> yeah. I love this. It was bad. Yeah, man. This new album, right? Brand new album that you've created lovingly uh, over the course of this time. Did I know that you would have made things in quarantine and you told me that, that Zoom writing wasn't a great experience for you. So can you hear the moments that kind of emerged from the COVID era? Can you hear the influence of, of isolation in this, in this music? Uh wouldn't say that see i don't know i look at my albums kind of differently than a lot of other people do and then they're like it's cool listening to like y'all tell me y'all's take on it mm-hmm. so i'm like it's, i don't know it's just cool hearing it because that's what i love about music is everybody has different out, uh, outtakes of it uh, please feel free to tell me where i'm off the mark from your perspective no you're not off at all it's how you listen to it um honestly i haven't even sat down and this is just me also being a new artist I just focus on writing music and and making it sound how I like. And I don't even listen to the album and try and say, this is how I wanted to make it sound. That's common. A lot of artists don't listen back to their music. And once the process is done, they move on to the next thing. It always Mm -hmm. made me a little sad. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I listen to it. Oh, you good. Yeah, when I'm about to release an album, that's all I listen to. People say, what are you listening to right now? My album. I'm just making sure I don't get tired of it. So I just don't look at it as this is why I did this album Mm. I'm just like I was just making music about my life or what I related to Mm -hmm. and and that was it so how do you know when it's done then if you don't have an overarching because people always talk about concept records and I think every album in my opinion at least I thought until we had this conversation kind of has a loose concept to it because it needs to start and end in the middle Mm -hmm. so how do you get to that conclusion yourself if you're not thinking about it in terms of the body of work as a whole as a whole I haven't got to that point yet Mm that's still me learning um, I just look at it as like it's seventeen songs. Yeah, but it starts with "Bury Me in Georgia" and it ends with "Dear yeah. Georgia." Well, I look at that because it was supposed to end, it was supposed to start with "Dear Georgia" and end with "Bury Me." Well, in I like Georgia. that you flipped it though. Yeah, because I wanted people to make sure that they heard "Bury Me in Georgia." Um, <laughs> <laughs> you met a modern monster, you. <laughs> so funny uh, it's so funny because you're such a timeless soul dude and yet you're still like yeah, fuck, i understand the streaming era better than anybody bro i know how this works yeah so yeah man i'm just like i'm all over the place i'm very add when it comes to the stuff i get it the second song is important is important it's called different man it's you and blake shelton and um nice to be able to share blake's so funny to me because he walks in the room he's such a charismatron he'll do everything he can mm-hmm. to try to swerve you away from what he's really good at which is he's a fucking boss yeah and yet he'll tell you man i don't know what i'm doing these people i just show up and it's like whatever bro yeah. you're a monster so how is it working with him it's awesome man we didn't do this song in the same studio, I was actually driving and was just listening to it, thinking about another feature. And we had ran into each other um, on like The Voice. And then I did this other thing that hasn't aired yet with him. Uh, so I was listening to it and it was like, this is the perfect song for Blake. Yeah, right. So I sent it to him and he got back. I was like, I'll jump on it. So I thought it was awesome. It's a song about variables and decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, we find ourselves in a, a lot of time in life 
in relationships or in situations and we wonder how we got there. Yeah. And and it's hard to trace it back to those key moments that put us on that journey. You're obviously acutely aware of that. Have there been moments in your life when it could have been very different? Oh, my whole life, man. Basically just, you know, I already told you I didn't have a stable household. In what way? I don't know if we've ever covered that. Uh, my mom was a single mom mm-hmm. with two kids and she wasn't, I mean, she wasn't making hardly any money. I'll tell you, she wasn't breaking 40 a year. Yeah. Uh, so we had to, you know, keep moving all over the place. To find a uh, place where you could actually live within your means. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just keep trying to find cheaper rent or moving in with friends and, uh, you know, living with her friends, me moving in with my friends. And that got to a point where I got a little older and, uh, you know, this, I don't really want to call anybody out in my family, but just some drug thing started happening and it wasn't just with one person it was with everybody that was close to me yeah and uh i just looked at that and was like i don't want a part of it so luckily i got out of there but that's like going back to you know god giving me my path yeah speaking through you and you and you having the actual awareness self-awareness to listen that's the thing yeah we have chance to listen to ourselves all the time Mm -hmm. i just think we do a good job of ignoring ourselves yeah so i just you know Kept following the path. How did your mom hold it together? Looking back on it now, during those times when she had one goal and one goal only, and I don't know her and I don't know your situation, but I think it's safe to say her goal was to keep the family together and to and, and to enable you to survive and to get through the next day, the next day. Yes, my mom was a, well, she is too. Yeah. Uh, she was a great mother and she still is. Um, but when me and my brother left the house, that's when she didn't feel like she had a purpose anymore. That's tough. And that's when things, you know, started going sideways. That's really tough. It's really yeah. tough. I mean, when we become parents, and you know this now, mm-hmm. it, it really overshadows everything else. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's it's a hard moment in your life when the thing you've put so much energy and love into ultimately has to fly the coop. Yep. It's really tough, man. There's a powerful song on this album as well, um, which I love, which is called Pop's Last Name. I wouldn't normally get into this song in such a direct way, but but there's a line in it in the middle where you you say he used to say things like this all the time, like you, you, to something to that effect. You speak to us directly as listeners and reflect upon the lessons that he would tell, which is the one that he mentions is um, knowledge over money because people with money always pay. Yeah, and you say he used to drop gems like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Man, he was just he was a funny guy. Like he wasn't masculine at all, right? Uh, he didn't know how to fix things, but uh, he was basically like, when I was going through child abuse, like with my stepdads, mm-hmm. he would show up. I remember specifically one day I was so mad because my stepdad wouldn't let me go to my baseball game. And my pop came and knocked on the door and he's like, he's not going. And he's like, and my stepdad was a lot bigger than him, but he he forced forced me out basically and let me go play. Uh, but like he would always take me to the battlefield and uh, the Civil War was uh, fought and... Um, like part of it in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so there's these statues and everything. He used to talk like the statue was talking to me up until I was like 12 years old and I always believed it. And then eventually, like when I found out, I told him like, Pop, I know that's you. And he just started bawling, crying because he knew I was getting bigger. Uh, wow. And just like, I don't know. He was always there for me. He was the dad I never had. Um, 
so I had I had songs for all my other my granddads that have passed away, and he just passed away last year. I'm sorry, man. So I had to write a song for him. Yeah, it's amazing. What an incredible experience to have gotten that kind of father figure in your life in some capacity. And I feel like when you're a grandparent as well, and you see that nurturing going the wrong way, mm-hmm. that really important relationship that you have with parents, which is essential to helping you forge a strong identity and survive on this planet. Yeah. You have one chance to show up. It's like, all right, well, I got to show up. It's pretty amazing. And you, you really captured that relationship beautifully on that song. Was it, I know that you look at just writing music as a, and you stay in the present moment, but how was that experience constructing and expressing yourself on this song, knowing it meant so much to you? I think it's easy writing it. I think the hardest part that usually hits me is when I sing it live. And there's like, you know, people start putting their phones up, like their lights or something like that. It's like, I kind of feel like he's there and he's watching. Mm. Um, and I haven't even sang this song yet. I'm talking about the, you know, like my the granddaddy's yeah. chair, cold yeah. spot. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. It'll probably hit me whenever I eventually sing it. Kind of shaking right now. Are there songs that you think you might never sing? Um, Because of, because there's a difference. I think it's important as fans, we recognize there's a difference between finding the words and the melody to express something deep inside of you and then entertainment yeah, and the sharing of that music. Yeah, I know lots of songs by some of the biggest artists in the world that will never be sung mm. because it's just too hard, I think. That moment meant something different to the stage. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, this song, I definitely just put it on. I put it on the album for him because, you know, I already yeah. had those other two. So I don't know. I know it'll live out there. So that's 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 good at least. Kane Brown, it's good to see you, man. God, we were just reflecting a little bit before about about when we first met, which was almost exactly around when we started. Well, I started working at Apple and we built the Beats One radio station, and you know we were trying to do something different. And I guess in a roundabout way, so were you. Yeah. But like you said, I didn't think you really realized it at the time. No, I didn't realize it at all. I didn't realize what I was getting into. <laughs> And I feel like I'm just now kind of figuring it out. Have there been moments when um, regret's too strong a word, but you've had to realign your purpose and your ambition because what you got yourself into wasn't what you really wanted? No. um, Like I said, I feel like this was my path. Uh, I feel like this was everybody's path that's in this room today. Um, I'm just following it, you know? Like, there's no regrets. There's no looking back, wishing I would have did something different. It's I'm I'm on the right track, and this is where God's taken me. A lot happened in the last few years, Kane, and um, as if quarantine and global pandemics wasn't enough. Of course, when everybody stops and we stop being distracted to some degree by the systems put in place to distract us, and when we allow ourselves to be distracted, we're, mm-hmm. we're faced with the grim reality of really how we fit together or don't, as the case may be. And and um, in 2020, you know, the brutal murder of George Floyd and, and subsequently all of the other cases that came to light in and around that, and long before it and since, became something that the world for once actually had to wake up. Anyone with a strong moral compass had to wake up and acknowledge and try and do something about. Now, I don't want to be too literal, but when I saw a song called Ride on the album, mm-hmm. I was drawn to it. I was like, all right, let's see if we, where Kane's taking this. Because it could be a metaphor. Yeah. But it's not. It's pretty direct. Yeah, well, so the thing about this song, and this is really, it's really scary, but it's also how you look at music. Okay. So I've had this song since 2015. Wow. 
Um, I didn't write it. So take care of my own is in reference to... I don't know. The way I took the song is I'm protecting my family. You know, like if you come to mess with my family, I'm messing you up. But when we tried to release this song originally, when all the riots started, all the fans were like, you should release this song now. You should release this song. I didn't want people to think that I was trying to start a riot. So we held on to it. And stuff still going crazy. But now I'm just trying to let people know you could take music however you want it, but the way that I hear the song yeah. is I'm taking care of my family. I'm from the stage and we're going to start something tonight in this venue. Yeah. It's, you know, it did cross my mind. You know, when I heard it, I was like, all right, it could go either way. Yeah. Because it's not entirely literal. But for what it's worth, man, you walk that line beautifully because it can be applied in lots of different ways, which to your point mm-hmm. is the beauty of music. And it doesn't at all, that song doesn't at all to me feel inflammatory. That's what's crazy. Even yeah. if you wrote it specifically about that moment, I feel like you're trying to inspire, like the right is the metaphor for change, mm-hmm. not like we're going to set fire to something. Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I love about it. I think it's beautiful is you can take it either way. A lot of talk about whiskey on this record, Kane. Always little references, a little bit of whiskey here, a little bit of whiskey there. Yeah. You enjoy whiskey? Yeah. And I'm starting to love, love a little tequila now too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You have, a look in the, you have the look of a man who may be investing a little money into some tequila company at some point or another. Nah. I do have a I do have a drink called Dewey Crush. Anybody needs to go check it out. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Talking about business and the opportunities that come with success, obviously, as soon as you start to make a little bit of money, people want your money to make money. And mm-hmm. then people come to you and say, hey, good looking guy, super talented. He's perfect to, to, to front this, to front that, to da, 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 da. That's a big learning curve too. How's that experience been for you, diversifying your interests and choosing what else you want to touch? It's been fun. Been scary too. I do have an investor, but I do like t- love to try it on my own just to learn. But it's been cool. I've been putting a lot of my money back into my house because, uh, you know, real estate and you can't buy more land. And so. it's where memories are made, bro. That is true. That is true. It, th- I mean, that is the priceless investment of real estate. People talk about it as something to sell. That would suggest that it's ownership. I don't own any of the houses that I, I put my signature on with my mm. wife at all. I'm there temporarily. Someone else is going to occupy it. That land's there before and long after I go. But what I'll take with me are the memories. That's nice. You know? Yeah. Making some good ones there. Having a good time. Is it loud? Oh, yeah. You're a quiet guy. How's the house? <laughs> you oh, have... no, no. And I'm in my house. It's a loud house? Oh, yeah. I'm doing things that we I would have never a loud do house. right now. We have a loud house as well. Yeah. You guys, a lot of laughter? All the time, man. I'm making noises I didn't even know I could make. You know, <laughs> uh, running, jumping falling on the ground. I have bruises just trying to make my daughter laugh. You know, it's important that we break the cycle of the trauma that we're inadvertently exposed to without even meaning to be as kids. You just, you're in the, you're going along for the ride. Mm -hmm. You really are. Yeah. I went along for my parents' ride. You went along for your parents' ride, different rides, but we went along for, we didn't have any control. Yeah. Then you become someone who can actually create the ride. Does it cross your mind about doing things differently? I just want to give them the life that I didn't have, which I know y'all hear all the time, but... It's beautiful. I don't feel like I reflect on what I have or what I've accomplished until I see my daughter outside swimming or... Yeah. St- I'm like, I never had I never pool, had water you know in what a I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool that she gets to do this. Yeah. And I think that's really when everything hits me. Yeah, because I wondered about money. Money's a funny thing, isn't it? Especially when you grow up and you don't have any and then you have some. It can go one of several ways. It's a bro. I'll tell you this. I was talking about the other day. Uh-huh. I got so mad. So I'm I'm a huge gamer. 
this is just goes to something like it's a little example. So I had a game system that broke, you know, whenever I was like 15, 16. Mm -hmm. Took me forever to get a new one. I used to have to wrap it in a towel to make it overheat, and then <laughs> I got to play it, right? <laughs> now that I do have a little bit of money, they just send them to me with my face on them. And I'm like, I could just, like, I don't, you don't have to send it to me. Like, I can buy this. Yeah. And that's that's what irritated me is, like, I, could, I couldn't buy this at this time, and I had to, you know, work my butt off to get it, and now you're just sending it to me. You know, the last time I spoke, I spoke to Eminem, was virtual and he was sitting in front of his tape collection, cassette tape collection. He has probably one of the world's greatest collections of rap cassettes. Okay. Like, like the things that you wouldn't ever have used, but you put it inside the boom box. And yeah. Play. And we were talking about it and he said to me, when I was young, man, like all I ever wanted was the new cassettes and I was so poor, I couldn't even buy a cassette. And so me, I would go and like buy one cassette and then I would dub it for my friends. And next time, then take it back, get the money back. And then the next time my friend would buy the cassette, we'd do it in a round robin. We'd all dub it. And that's how we shared the music, right? And so when I got money, all I wanted to do after I built, got the house for my kid and everything else was just buy cassettes. Yeah. And I just think it's just a similar thing. It's like you think of Eminem. You think he could buy a ticket to the moon. All he wants yeah. is an Eric B. and Rakim album on cassette. Yeah, man, it's, it's it's a funny thing when you live the when you live the life and you understand it. It's like I don't know. What's your game? What are you playing right now? What what, what like what's your what's your go to? What like what are you? Uh, right now, definitely like Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it about Call of Duty that's so addictive? Like I like Mario Kart. I'm into more like you know racing games and stuff. Like that. I'm good at Mario Kart, but like Call of Duty, forget about it. I can't know what I'm doing. Uh, well, I think I'm addicted because I'm good at it, and then <laughs> you know I'm. <laughs> Not good. I don't brag about myself. Are you on Twitch? When it comes to, yeah. And do people know you're on Twitch? Yeah, good amount. I play with um. Do you ever watch streamers? Yeah, every now and then I watch when my kids watch it. Yeah, I play. I so I, I sometimes play with like you know Tim the Tap Man, yeah, yeah. Big Mercs, yeah, yeah. and uh, Face Swag. Because like I know of big I know a lot of like really successful musicians have like anonymous Twitches and stuff. They don't let people know that they're playing against them. But you have no problem people knowing I'm playing against Kane Brown right now. No, no, I actually like it. And do people just give you absolute? They're like, Kane Brown, you may have sold X amount of records, bro. They, but they don't. That's why I'm surprised. I'm, they're usually like, because my name just says KB. Yeah. And so they'll come up and be like, oh, KB, and then say some name. Like, and uh, yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm Kane. No way. Really? <laughs> and it, it's honestly, it's really cool because I usually add them afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and if my friends ain't on, I play with them all the time. I've, I've actually made a lot of friends. I even hired a guy off of playing with him. What does he do for you? Uh, he works as uh, on my stage, like putting the barricades together and stuff. We How actually became like best friends. That's incredible, bro. And there's kids out there listening right now who just want like someone to pluck them out of their bedroom and take them on the road <laughs> and put them all around the world. How did yeah. that happen? What was it about this guy? Like, what? How does this happen? We just vibed together. I could tell we were the, we were the same. Like, just had the same humor and all that stuff. And uh, so he, so my best friend, uh, he works for me as well. They yeah. actually live together as roommates now. He came, he moved down from uh, Rhode <laughs> Island and they moved in. <laughs> this is the best ever yeah. I love this this is great Kane you're so down to earth and chill man I love it um, when it comes to putting your music together though uh, no jokes um, so many beautiful love songs on this record they obviously come naturally to you because you feel that mm -hmm. emotion you feel that you know you've you married ultimately the love of your life yeah. um, when it comes to writing these kind of songs is there a, is there a through line is there, a, is, there a, is there a commonality to 
to being in a certain environment or a certain space or how these words come to you because you do it really well? No, um, I don't know. I just, they're just kind of there. I don't even know how to explain it. You uh, play them to your wife? Oh, yeah. yeah. All the time. Um, and she'll usually approve or not approve. And But for these, I try to do a little bit different. And I try to go a little harder. You went deep. Yeah. Well, I meant like, like uh, rock-wise. Oh, yeah, the sound. We're going to get to that in a second. But lyrically, yeah. you went deep. Like, you know, it's it's impressive the way that you capture that feeling. Well, thank you. When she doesn't like it, how brutal is she about that? Uh, Not brutal. She's like, nah. <laughs> She's pretty, That's pretty brutal. No, nah, it ain't brutal because it, it would have been if we were, you know, dating uh like for a year. Or a you couple know each months. other inside out, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I know situation. she's she's a she's an amazing artist as well. So I, yeah. you know, that's awesome, man. So the sound of the record, bro. You co-produced this record, obviously, and um, which is an important point to mention because it has everything that you love in it. Mm -hmm. We've spoken often about hip hop, R and B, pop music, rock and roll, hard rock, all the things that you listen to versus what you're expected to make. And I feel like this is the album where you're like that. <laughs> Your expectation. Yeah. This one, when I first started making it, I was just going show vibes, which we've brought people in and our songs that we already have released, we beefed them up and made them even heavier yep. um, or whatever. So I really wanted to showcase that in this album, um, a lot of half times in this album. I really also wanted to bring in more of a dude audience as well. What does that mean? Well, I feel like we have, we have the female audience. And like you were saying, we were doing the love songs and, and whatnot. I felt like I needed to bring some like rock for the guys. Perfect example, my song like used to be sober. Mm -hmm. I just got bored playing it. You know, oh, it that must just, be horrible. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just slow. So this is going back to the show aspect. I just yeah. want you know, like, I just want to be able to rock out on stage. I love it. Yeah, and you nailed it. I mean, I can't even imagine how much fun it's going to be to play this album. It's gonna make a lot of your mm -hmm. other songs sound oh, pretty, my, my, pretty shy. My oh yeah, my band is pumped. You know, yeah. they're they're so stuck. Which they're they're big like rock heads. Yeah. So they're gonna make it even heavier than the album. When's the tour kicking? Have you already played? I mean, what's going on with it, man? Oh, uh, we finished our tour. We're about to go to Australia, and then I heard. Yeah. First time. First time. Ah, I'm excited. I thought about going uh, cage diving. What with sharks? Yeah. Sure, dude. Yeah. You, you do might, you. I see little things floating. Yeah, little bits of you. <laughs> well, I was talking about shit, but. <laughs> you won't see any of that down there. No. Nah, dude, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, you could go do that. There's a lot of big sharks out off the coast of Australia, man. That's not the only thing that Australia has. I mean, if it's poisonous, it's there. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like God looked at Australia and went, this is probably one of the most beautiful countries I've ever created. I need to fuck it up a bit. I'm going to give it like tons of poisonous shit. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, we're in we're in like the big city. They're not there, right? Oh, they're everywhere. Are they really? You need to check under the toilet seat before you sit down, bro. Don't tell me that, man. I'm I ain't going to sleep at night. I'm with you, man. It's okay. I think you'll be fine. I think the good folks at the Crown Hotel in Melbourne will take care of the, you know, the rodent problem and the spider problem and the snake problem so, and man. the crocodiles that crawl up the fucking pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're going to love it. It's the lifestyle capital of the world. I always no, say that Australians are the only people that ever come to Los Angeles and go, it's cool. <laughs> it's 
everybody else goes, this is the best place I've ever been. Australians are like, eh, you yeah, take it or leave it. I really want to golf there. Yeah, I mean, it's, no one works there. It's did, just coffee and golf. Yeah, did you golf in Australia? No, I've just learned. I mean, I just showed you day one. I've had three lessons. Yeah. Oh, okay. I will play you before this this ride around the merry-go-round and life can you know ends. I, we we will go on a course one day. Okay, but I just got to get better. No, I mean you're good enough to play with me, bro. But you're 17 games in, right? So yeah. I feel like I can catch up to you. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hit the driving range this week. Get out and into it. Yeah. So you writing, bro? I mean, you, you you exhausted yourself on this record in a way, I guess, because 17 songs. But I know you that you said to me, I love to write. I'm a process guy. So where are you at creatively? Yeah, I mean, I'm still. Uh, I just wrote a song the other day that. Might have Black Bear on it. Sick. That'd be dope. Yeah. Um, about my drummer that passed away. Yeah, I was sorry to hear about that. That's all good. Um, and yeah, we're still writing. I actually, it got to a point where for the album, I was exhausted for writing and then now that it's done, I'm just like, I, I want to write uh, even more now. Well, so, you, you know, because you, it sounds like this album was quite therapeutic for you. Yeah, and I think it got to a point that we were looking for what do we need? And that's always so hard to do is to try and find that. Yeah. Song that fits in that box. As we near the end of our time this time, I feel the thing we, we haven't really kind of dived into is the overarching feeling on this record that you were searching for difference. You were searching for, to get out of somewhere. Where were you during the writing of some of this record? Because it sounds to me like the rest of the world, you were going through your own struggles. Yeah, I was in a, um, I was in that depressed place. Uh, after my 10-day period of, you know, being in the house. So a lot of it was just trying to find out where I wanted to go, find out which direction my music wanted to go. I was just talking to him about the third album is like the scariest album for any artist, I feel like, because usually like if you're, if you're releasing your first album, you've already established yourself. And then either you're done after that or you got some success off that album and it's going to carry over to the second album regardless. All right. It's the moment when everybody gets a chance to actually decide whether they want to stay with Kane. And then the third album is like, what's going to happen? Plus... Four years. Four years. Long time. And I've been living off singles. So I was just like, my mind was everywhere. And then something just happened, you know, like right when we were writing Grand, something happened that I was just like, I don't care. I used to always live like every, like, what is people thinking? I just to the point now where it's just like, whatever, dude. I, I got to sing this music for the rest of my career uh, at all my shows. I need to like them and I need to want to sing them. So, whatever. What's all about how you measure value? You know, when you start out with nothing and then you have a chance to get something, you know, music probably is attached to that something, like to achieve something, to create yeah. stability security, lots of different things that, you know, constructed by us human beings, you know. Mm -hmm. When you get to a point when you realize that no one can take it away from you, because you're always going to write, you're always going to sing, and if you get it right and you're truthful, your audience is going to show up. Yeah. So what can go wrong? Yeah, I didn't look at it that way, so that helps even more. Thank you. You know. I'll give you 10 bucks. You don't need to, bro. And by the way, I'm way more expensive than that. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. I'm enjoying this uh, lifelong you know, on and off journey that we're on together. Um, I always enjoy hanging out with you, man. I love to see the whole thing grow. And uh, this album definitely is, to me, the landmark so far. Thank you. So where you go from here, bro, you always made this. Well done. Yes, sir. 
Thanks for checking out our conversation with Kane Brown on the interview series. Our next conversation will be with the legendary and iconic Ozzy Osbourne. I believe our second conversation on the interview series, but this time with Sharon Osbourne and special guest Watt. All catching up and connecting right here on the pod. Thanks for checking us out.